Welcome back to the podcast that rocks. Weekly podcast that talks about news in the world of rock, metal, alternative, and everything in between. With me today is no one. Sorry for the echo just there. However, Gretchen had to have a work uh, issue going on right now in the evening. This is the only time she gets some work stuff done. So, it's just me this time. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. I see a lot of familiar faces in the chat room. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in on YouTube and Twitch. Hopefully you all are doing well. I just want to point out that last week, it was 6 degrees where I am in St. Louis. Now, today, on the 23rd, it got up to 60. I don't even know what to make of that. I'm thankful I'm on allergy shots or else they'd be going insane right now. I oh, I see the hello Gretchen's in the chat. That's sad. Uh, unfortunately, tonight she's only going to be with, she will not be here just for one night. She uh, let us know that she had a work thing going on. So thank you guys for tuning in, though. Hopefully you guys can deal with just me for a solo show one time. Thank you guys for hanging with me. Thank you guys if you checked out the video that I posted today. Ten more one-hit wonders in 2000s rock. If you can, check that out on the main channel. It's just me in the chat. That is right. That was a message on Twitch. It's just me in the chat. And Gretchen might be uh, peeking in on Twitch, but that's about it. Maybe on YouTube as well. Someone just asked me on YouTube, let's talk about Limp Bizkit. And we got other stuff to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to use that as an excuse. Let me know if my audio is okay, because I can change it on the fly, but having some audio issues. And for those of you watching on YouTube or on Twitch, not on the podcast forms, you might see a little bit different look for me right now, because I got a new DSLR. So hopefully this is working out okay. Hopefully everything is coming in clear enough. My face in 4K is weird, but I will get used to it. Hopefully you can also. So... Lots and lots of big news going on in the world of rock, metal, alternative, and I can't stress enough that not all of it is great. I see many people using the hashtag IStandWithSoundGarden on the YouTube chat, and for those of you who are unaware of what's going on right now, I will do my best to give a rundown or a bullet point of the massive situation going on with Soundgarden. For those of you that can see behind me, maybe you can, maybe you can't. My chair's in the way. Dang it. My chair's too big now. And then I'm in the way too. My sound garden piece that you can't see. For those who are listening on the podcast forums, I have a big sound garden piece behind my chair where I sit. It's the same thing when I do Rock Coliseum live streams. Soundgarden's a band near and dear to my heart. And what's going on right now is not music related in the sense of music coming out right now. It's... It's unfortunate. Vicky Cornell, widow of Chris, is in a legal battle and lawsuits over the rights to Soundgarden's library and what she's claiming is her fair share of royalties and what she owns in the Soundgarden catalog. Now, I have to say this as politely as I can while going through all the details and stuff. There's a lot more to be broken down that's going to be end up going to court most likely. I can't stress enough, this is not going to be a situation that's um, amicably settled over a day. What's going on right now is, unfortunately, Vicky Cornell has been offered a buyout deal from the remaining members of Soundgarden so that, one, the remaining members of Soundgarden can keep all the rights to their own music, 
Number two, use the Soundgarden name to put out that final Soundgarden album, which they are determined to do. And number three, and this is the outlier that many people are forgetting, be able to use the Soundgarden name socially on social media platforms for merchandise and things like that going forward. There's a big, uh, I'll just say, there's a big stink going on right now with what Vicky Cornell is suing over. The remaining members of Soundgarden, Kim, Matt, and Ben, all have issued a response to a lawsuit filed by Vicky, saying that Vicky feels the amount she was offered as a buyout for all the Soundgarden rights to be able for the other members to use Soundgarden was way too low. She got lowballed on the offer. Now, keep in mind, not all the royalties is are just wasted. Like, she's not living in a studio apartment right now. When Chris Cornell passed, you know, she was left quite a bit. And we'll get into that later. I mean, I don't know. I don't have her checkbook. But at the same time, you got to understand, she's not destitute. The issue right now is that, one, when Chris Cornell passed, she started taking over a lot of the Soundgarden business stuff in place of her husband, including social media, uh, merch-like revenue, things like that, on the business side of things. And that's not a new thing either. Husband and wives work together all the time in the music industry. The issue is now that Soundgarden members, the remaining, want to go on and make new music with a Soundgarden name, or at least finish that final Soundgarden album. And this is where everything's getting mixed up. The remaining band members offered her a buyout deal for the Soundgarden Master Tape Library to have the rights to all the Soundgarden music, which they helped make. They, it wouldn't exist without them. And she feels a little bit slighted because the offer was $300,000. Now, this was only covering Soundgarden's recorded music, not including brand merchandise, touring revenue, nothing like that. For the back catalog, so that way she would be financially compensated for everything going from the past, and that way Soundgarden members can go forward without having to keep paying her. That's part of it, too. That's where it gets messy, because she feels it's lowballed, and there's other... Oh, this, is where it, this is where it bothers me. There's other uh, labels trying to buy out that Soundgarden library, master tapes, everything. Thank you for the follow. And it's getting really, really awkward. Because... They're offering way more than $300,000. Now, part of me wants to go, oh, man, don't take that offer. Because if you do, those master tapes are going to be done dirty with the label. Greed, greed, greed. And that's what I'm worried about right now. However, if she feels, if she feels slighted, if she feels lowballed with all this, then, you know... I feel like this is something that could be done under the, like, not under the table, but, like, behind closed doors and they could figure stuff out. <sighs> Am I crazy for thinking that? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this is something that should not have blown up into such a situation that it is right now. Because this is going to get dragged into the mud. This is most likely going to go to court to where the courts and lawyers and juries, if it gets to that point, I doubt it won't go to a jury, but still... 
to courts and lawyers and things like that can put a valuation on Soundgarden's past discography. And that's where it's going to get weird, especially for the remaining members of Soundgarden. Yee. <laughs> I don't know, guys. This is where it's going to get rough. Why don't I know a lot of you are going to have thoughts in the chats and stuff like this? It is a mess of a situation. That is putting it politely from the YouTube chat. And I don't think she'll take an offer from a label unless it's a massive offer. Because this is what really bothers me too. If you're a big Chris Cornell fan, you know what happens next? What about Audio Slave? Are they going to be next after this situation? Is Vicky Cornell going to feel like, oh, well, I ended up getting $5 million out of the guys of Soundgarden. How much money can I get out of Tom Morello? And that's where it's going to get worse. Uh, yeah, someone just said on the Twitch chat, I haven't thought about Audio Slave. Yeah, think about it. You think Audio Slave would have existed without Chris Cordell? Not a chance. That's why I'm worried about them being next. I mean, Audio Slave's never going to make any music again. That's a big uh, distinction right there. The remaining members of Soundgarden want to. But if it's about past, battle past catalogs, master tapes, old recording files, and things like that, that's a problem. That's an issue. Someone just asked, what about Temple? Will that include Temple of the Dog? Maybe. It it's all going to depend on this Soundgarden stuff. Now, I stand by on my thing. I understand her wanting... Her wanting to feel appreciated for her husband's worth. If her mindset is, don't belittle my husband's worth and value to such a number. If that really is her thing. If she feels... If she's trying to shop around for a better deal... For her husband's work, then that's bad. Regardless, the other side of the coin is are there many members of Soundgarden trying to lowball her intentionally? I kind of doubt it. They've known her for a long time. Band wives and band husbands, band spouses, they're family. Don't you dare think for a second they all don't know each other. And someone's saying in the chat, can't they just split it 50-50? There's so much that goes into stuff like that. If they're going to try to go forward with the Soundgarden name, which is what they want. And Vicky has also been like claiming and using the Soundgarden social media handles and stuff too. That where Soundgarden could even use those to promote their own stuff if they wanted to. Soundgarden actually had to use a different Twitter hashtag, Twitter handle for a while. They might still be. Fun fact... That handle is Nude Dragons. N-U-D-E-D-R-A-G-O-N-S. Why is it Nude Dragons? Because that's an anagram for Soundgarden. Yeah. If you take the letters in Soundgarden and mix them up, you get Nude Dragons. I wish my name had that cool of an anagram. This is a mess, though. That was my one chance of a comical situation. That's actually true. Huh. I don't know. It's hard to say who's in the right because I'm worried that this is going to get messy and public and ugly and more lawyers are going to get involved and we won't get any Soundgarden, that final Soundgarden album anytime soon.
If you heard some of the Soundgarden members play on the new Pretty Reckless album, they still got it, guys. It's not an issue. They still have it. Well, let me know in the comments what you think about all this. Again, this is a bullet points description of the mess that's going on right now with the Soundgarden, law Soundgarden lawsuits. And my mind is still, what about Audio Slave and things like that, too? Because Audio Slave was a big part of me growing up. Chris Cornell's music is one of the rare, very rare circumstances where he crossed generations over the decades with different bands. All through the 90s, Soundgarden. All through the 2000s, Audio Slave. That's extremely rare to have something like that. You have to go to like, uh, Paul McCartney with Wings, you know, after the Beatles and doing solo stuff. And I get no one's going to say, oh, Chris Cornell's not as big as Paul McCartney. Think about it generation wise, though. The 60s were the Beatles. The 70s were the solo member projects. 90s, Soundgarden. 2000s. Audio slave. Man, oh man. I hope for the best. I hope they can settle this out of court. I hope they can settle this where both sides are happy, peacefully respected, because I'm pretty confident this is not how Chris Cornell would want Soundgarden to be in a situ in a station in a situation of flux, waiting for courts of courts and lawyers to decide on something. I don't know. It'll be interesting to find out how this all plays out, what's going to happen, who's going to take what rights. So, someone just said on Twitch, what about Ozzy Osbourne? Oh yeah, that's a great one. Black Sabbath to Ozzy solo stuff, yeah. Hoy. It's kind of a bummer. And there's so much that Soundgarden still had recorded that we're not... that indefinitely will not be seen. Like, we don't know when we're ever going to see it now. So. Good comments on YouTube right now. I personally think that, yes, she should get paid for Chris Cornell's contributions, especially in the past. That's my thing. But Soundgarden wasn't just Cornell. The other members also deserve their due. I agree. And I really feel like the other remaining members of Soundgarden wanting to put out the final Soundgarden album should be able to, regardless of what Vicky feels she's owed. That's my thing. Because these are two different situations being lumped into each other. Good news, though. And when I say that's some good news, there's like other good things going on right now in the world of music. One of the cool things that's going on right now is we're getting all these surprise albums and concerts and releases. And we'll go bounce back and forth from sad to happy to just discussion topics. Two more new album discussions coming up, or two more album releases, I should say. Dropkick Murphy has announced an upcoming album this spring. And they have a new live stream coming out on St. Patrick's Day. Keep in mind, Gretchen and I talked about this last week, because uh, we knew about the actual St. Patrick's Day live performance and how they were killed it at Fenway Park last year. They're going to have a free one, completely free, on all socials and YouTube and Twitch and everything. Well, their new album's coming out uh, just a couple months. 10th album. It's weird to see that that way too, that they're actually going to have that many albums. On a record, or a quote from Ken Casey, 
The overall theme of this new record is the importance of music and the bands who made us who we are. We just hope this takes people's off minds off their troubles. We're so fortunate and grateful to be in the position to steer our little happiness in our own way. Our gratitude levels are off the charts. 25 years ago, somebody bet me 30 bucks I couldn't form a band with three weeks notice to open for his band. And kids, we've never been out of New England and here we are. We've made 10 records and have been all over the globe. If there's a message to this album, it's put up, put your fist up and play it loud. Ken Casey's a big boxing guy, by the way. So, I have to say from the bottom of my heart, <laughs> Dropkick Murphy's music would be very welcome right now. Something lively and fun, if it is the lively fun stuff. They play the dour, sad stuff too. We need something lively, and I hope they have some surprises for their live show. I'm looking forward to that. Another album announcement, and this is where I wish Gretchen were here right now, but she had to work. Shinedown updates coming up because Brent Smith said that recording is going well. There will be a new Shinedown album this year, and they're hoping to tour the second half of this year. Shinedown was one of the last standing bands to cancel their tour in 2020. They were dead set on proving they could tour, and they realized they couldn't. So... A quote from Mr. Zach Myers, or excuse me, Brent Smith. I'm looking at Zach Myers. Myself, Eric, and Zach, we're putting kind of finishing touches on stuff that we're working on. Barry is going to arrive around April, and then we're going to cement the recording process of that. So they have a lot of stuff recording. They're just waiting on drum tracks. Smith also anticipates that the band will be able to head out on tour this summer or early fall. The biggest thing, quote from Brent, is we need to be able to trust the medical community, trust the people to get us through this. But as far as touring is concerned, we're locking in. Fingers crossed, we're going to be doing shows. Full shine down, hopefully by August of this year. So, I feel August is at the end of August, say last week of August. It's not an unreasonable goal. If vaccines do get pushed out, if venues are limited, I feel like that's possible. End of August. So, that would be a good time to release the album, too, to actually promote it again. And that way it would prove that other out bands can actually start releasing their music. Because so many bands have their albums, like, locked digitally in stasis, waiting until they can tour again. Anthrax being one of them. Will we get that Shinedown tour? Hopefully. And that means other bands will be able to tour, too, and festivals can come back safely. DWP festivals are still on lock for this one this summer and then September, October, November. It's possible. And someone just put on Twitch, vaccines need to be pushed out though, and I'm worried we're not getting them pushed out fast enough. They're in mass production right now. It's not going to be in a week or two, but give it three weeks, give it four weeks. Look at this time around March. See how much vaccines are getting pushed out then. I think by four weeks from now, I think we'll have a significant influx of vaccines and people will be able to get them at the ready. It'll be to the point where you can actually sign up at Target or Walgreens or CVS to get them like you would get a flu shot. It's not going to be next week, probably not going to be two weeks, but now with the stimulus plan coming out and the whole situation with the COVID relief, I think um, Moderna and Pfizer are actually going to start trying to push out vaccines more. So new shinedown, new dropkick Murphy's on the way. Hopefully, concert announcements will start coming. Hellfest was canceled in France because that was going to be in June, and they're pushing that to 2022. Honestly, probably safe. June is too close. 
end of August, that's a little bit more reasonable. And I get France is not America. I get that. So France is a very different situation with COVID, but at the same time, I know they're wanting to play it safe too. And you don't want to be the first festival or first concert that has problems with COVID. Boy, oh boy, will that set everything back bad too. So I feel like right now the best bet is to wait until this summer is almost over. And I get that that's not how, what people want to hear. People want them now. If we can wait till the end of August, that last week of August before things start really coming out and all these vaccines are out, I think it might be okay. And speaking of things being okay, Corey Taylor does not think the state of rock bands and new rock bands are okay. <laughs> Paraphrasing a little bit, but I do want to pull up some quotes because I've had conversations with friends of this. I've had them with Gretchen. I've had it with Joe Numbers from Wrestling Soup. I've had it with the Rock Coliseum guys. Man, oh man. I can't stress enough. I We're not the only ones who think new rock bands are not being creative or inventive enough. There's no innovation. And by the way, someone on the Twitch chat just said, never forget Sturgis. Exactly. Think how much Sturgis set everyone back in the Midwest too. Yeesh. So. Corey Taylor was on a podcast talking about new music new young bands in the rock scene. And that's fair that people ask him his opinion on that. He's a guy you want to talk to about it. Someone who really went from the ground up for several bands, lived on the road. You know, he's a guy you want to talk to about stuff like this. Quote from him really discussing the current state of rock for newer bands right now. I look at some of these bands that sound like this or sound like that, this, that, and the other guy. It's just like, well, they obviously listened to two albums that have been out for a minute. The ones that really frustrate me are the ones that just take something that's been around forever and then basically rework it and call it new, even though it's completely derivative. You know the band they're ripping off. They're not even trying to rip off a bunch of bands. They're ripping off one band. But the younger generation picks them up and says, this is our blah, blah, blah. Because they're tired of old people telling them that music that came out before them was better. And I don't know who's right. But I know both are wrong. Because we should be encouraging everything. And I agree with that. We should be more encouraging of bands. Gatekeeping is what's killing metal. Big time. The metal scene is not, is not dead. The metal scene is suffering over the past two years because of gatekeeping. I stand by that. Severe gatekeeping by metal nerds. And that's exactly what it is. They want to be king nerd. Corey goes on, I'm just as bad. I'm the worst old fogey dude shaking his cane ever. And I hate everything. I hate all new rock for the most part. I hate the artist who failed in one genre and decided to go to rock. And I think we all know who he is. But that's another story. I'm the worst and I hate everything. And people are used to that with me though. But I have also encouraged the younger generation to think that past boundaries of what we listen to. Do something that feels fresh. It may not have to sound fresh, but it's got to feel fresh. If it's dead, then people are going to treat it as it's dead. Two things to take out of that last paragraph quote. Number one. Yeah, I agree that we need to start something making fresh. One of my new favorite bands over the last two years, Spanish Love Songs. They sound so good live. They 
sound fresh when you hear them because of the delivery and how they perform. Here's the issue. When you see Spanish love songs live, visually, it's just five friends on stage in t-shirts and jeans playing. That's it. Nothing special, nothing fancy, just music. And that's fine. But that's not fresh. You know, bands need to do something more to stand out now. They do. I'm not talking you have to go full gimmick like Star Set or Avatar or other bands like that. But I can't stress enough. So many bands right now are copy-pasting the same thing. Around 2018, Metalcore, I swear, was the most stagnant, repetitive garbage imaginable. And then the beep boops came and everybody jumped on that. And everything was diluted and thinned out. All music was the same. And then FM Rock Radio kept playing the same bands over and over again. Breaking Benjamin, Five Finger Death Punch, Three Days Grace, Seether, everything like that on loop. We have no variety and the new bands are not doing enough to stand out. And the ones that are, are not getting enough attention. So there's a lot to take out of what Corey said. One, we should be more encouraging of new bands. Two, we should expect new bands to stand out and find a way to stand out a little more. Number three, you should not be in one genre, suck so bad and get embarrassed, and then try to jump into another genre. <laughs> For those who are unaware, yes, he was referring to Machine Gun Kelly. I stand by my statement that he will be made or broken. Make or break this year when he has to perform live at Aftershock. If he plays, if that happens. Um, put him at a full rock festival and metal festival. It doesn't matter how cool he looks. doesn't matter what he thinks about rock. If he sucks at a big stage like that, he's going to find out real quick what people think of him. MGK was still successful though in the chat. Yes, he is. Very successful. His album, Soul, took us to my downfall. He's still getting radio play. Keep in mind, though, all these bands right now are not touring. All oh, there's so much new music coming out right now, too. Now that we know what Machine Gun, Gun Kelly's delivery is live, he's had two live TV performances. Saturday Night Live, which was boring, but it wasn't terrible by any means. And the one before that at the awards show, which was unbelievably bad. He doesn't have the best track record so far. And keep in mind that Saturday Night Live performance was not in front of a real audience. A sound state, a stage, st what is it called? Uh, live studio audience? Yeah, that's a bit different. Especially since a lot of those people in that audience were not there to see Machine Gun Kelly. Man, oh man. That's a whole another can of worms, though. Regarding newer bands, there's so much good music out there. New Music Sunday is one of my favorite things to do now on Twitch. The interaction I have with a lot of people on Twitch. And getting, the, and getting that fed into YouTube and stuff like that. Seeing people react and hearing new music and finding new artists and then tagging new artists and saying, you found them through me. That's awesome. And I love reacting to new music live with you guys. Here's the thing. A lot of those bands are great. But if you put them, uh, put their picture 
on a monitor or on a TV screen or on your phone, I wouldn't know who they were. How do they stand out like every other rock band? Posing, mugging for the camera, glaring, emotionless, trying to look tough, but not too tough. There has to be more variety. There has to be something to make bands stand out. I used to say, how can rock and back on top? Right now, the old, my old adage was, we need the next Metallica, the next Nirvana to shake everything up. Now, I don't even think that's the case. The only thing that can really help rock or metal get really back on top is with collaboration. If the next Bring Me the Horizon EP features a track with Post Malone, something like that to help shoot it to the top. By the way, speaking of top, congratulations to Pretty Reckless. Number one album sold last week, beating out Foo Fighters and Taylor Swift. That's a big deal. So, good for them. Huh. The Triple Red album, that's a little bit out of my jurisdiction, but I get that. And Travis Barker is playing with everybody now. Machine Gun Kelly, Trippy Red. Yeah. And yes, the Pretty Reckless did beat out Swift. I think Corey Taylor makes a lot of good points. And he even admits it himself, he is an old fogey. He's not that old, by the way. But, man, oh man. Code Orange has an identity. When you see Code Orange, you know what they're about. But they're kind of on the extreme side. You're not going to hear underneath on FM radio. If you do, let me know when that happens. Hoy. Thank you for the subscription, too, by the way, on Twitch. Very much appreciated. Huh. I don't know. Collaboration might help out. Don't know who with and don't know what about, though, but it'd have to be huge. Ozzy and Post Malone, when they collaborated, people listened. It's Ozzy, though. He was already going to be at the top anyway, and it wasn't going to last long because it'll be the next big thing. <laughs> Someone on YouTube just said, Breaking Benjamin featuring Youngblood. Okay, I get what you're going for with that, but keep in mind... I don't know if Youngblood's as big as Post Malone, you know? And you'd have to get other names, too. It could be an alternative thing, too, you know? Like, we think about Rock Malone. It could be alternative. Say a big name does something with 21 Pilots, because they're working on new stuff. I don't know. Someone just said, Five Figure Death Punch and Machine Gun Kelly should make something incredibly bad. <laughs> Yeah, you get that. Awful. Shame on you. <sighs> Billy Eilish going trap metal. No, now you guys are just getting to the crazy part of the chat room. This is where you guys all lose your minds with the ideas. Mm -mm -mm. I riled up the kindergartners. Not going to be able to get sleep for nap time now. You're too riled up. There, you know, Mike Shinoda and uh, Matt from Trivium, them doing something. That's awesome. I don't know how much like how much legs that has but I hope because I know Mr. Shinoda is working on a lot of stuff right now a lot I want to hear what he has coming so Slipknot and 21 Pilots on Twitter um I don't think they would mesh too well don't get me wrong 
I'm not saying they can't make anything work, but you know. Rage Against the Machine featuring Ghostmane. Hey, you know what? That could actually be something. But again, Ghostmane isn't a huge name. Rage Against the Machine sure is. And they were going to have that tour last year. Might still have it this year. We know they've been working on stuff. We don't know if we'll get a full album or not, but they're all working. So we'll leave it at that for the hypotheticals. I want to bring up the big story that came out this past uh, week because this was a big deal. Over the weekend, BlizzCon was going on. And for those who are unaware, Blizzard is the software developer publisher program that makes World of Warcraft and Overwatch and Diablo and all those games. And this is the big weekend that you are normally, this is an actual convention that they have in California that you have to buy a ticket for and go in person. It's a big con. People dress up. This is where all their new stuff is released. They have artists come like actual celebrities come and present stuff, bands play. Since the pandemic happened, they just canceled it last year. And this year was the first year they said, we're going to do it all online and all for free. They got Metallica to play. Can't go bigger than that. You can't. Sounds pretty great, right? Well, Twitch has an issue with performing live music. And when I do new music night on Sunday nights... When you're live, you can hear it. However, when you try to go play it back, a lot of the music's usually muted. Well, Twitch was worried about DCMA takedowns as well, because Metallica, you know, all their music's copywritten and held with high regard. So what did they do? Twitch just decided to, over, to mute Metallica's audio completely and overplay some folk music. So when you try to go back and watch Metallica perform at BlizzCon... You don't hear Metallica. You don't see Kirk giving a great shredding solo. You hear uh, some weird string and flute instruments. And that's where the discussion is about the DMCA takedowns. DCMA, DMCA, whatever it may be. Uh, these copyrights to make sure no one's using anyone's material improperly really kind of bit the whole situation of what Lars was fighting for 20 years ago. And this was not the exact thing. Streaming and downloading illegally was the big thing. And this is not what that was. But DMCA and DCMA, that really became a part of it to make sure no one's ever using copywritten music. Now, they should have been able to because it's Metallica playing it themselves. This should have been cut hard. No issues. Broadcast their music because it's them playing it. They have contracts with BlizzCon, DMCA. Okay. It was BlizzCon and everything. They have it all set up. Why would this be an issue? Because, oops, we can't just overwrite our bots now. We have those hard programmed into Twitch. Oh, well, we'll just mute it. No one's here for Metallica. They're here for BlizzCon. Boy, did that not go well. Number one trending on Twitter and socials. The clips of Metallica playing to this pan flute music. Boy, oh boy. <sighs> Metallica got the copyright takedown by Metallica. Copyrightception. <laughs> kind of sucks. And this is not the first instance of that happening. One of my favorite ones, the drummer Ben from Nothing More tried to upload a clip of them performing a song in studio, like reworking something. And he recorded that on his own Instagram. 
Instagram blocked it right away, saying, hey, you don't know the rights of this song. So he had to counter it and type into Instagram, I play this song and helped write it. Yes, I do own it. And submit that to Instagram. Ugh. Huh. Mm-mm-mm. Napster bad. Yeah, that takes me back. Keep in mind, back then, when Napster was there, I was young. I was in junior high. And my computer sucked back then. My parents didn't care about getting a nice computer. They just needed something to type. That's it. They weren't tech-savvy tech people. So... Man, oh man. Um, I could download Namster the program, but whenever I tried to actually download music or a video, music videos were my thing that I tried to download because I never really tried to download music illegally. Music videos I wanted to see. Man, oh man, that would just never work. The music would be decoded and slowed down. Computer video card couldn't handle it with a big tube monitor. Mm-mm. I missed out. I just missed out. And someone just asked on YouTube, how do you think Lars feels about all this Metallica stuff and the copyright? He probably didn't care. He probably didn't care because he got the check in the mail already. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he really pays attention to Twitter, you know. Here's up when we get new Metallica, though. I know they've been working on stuff pretty ha pretty consistently. They're they were going to tour last year. They're still scheduled for at least one festival performance this year. Who knows? We'll get more. So. <clears throat> I don't know. Run the Jewels and Slipknot. See, Run the Jewels and Rage Against the Machine, because they were going to tour together, Rage Against the Machine featuring Run the Jewels, Run the Jewels will be opening. That was the arena tour they were going to do in 2020. That I can see happening. That could be a big number one thing. That's a good suggestion, though, because um, if I think that could really work out well, Rage Against the Machine featuring Run the Jewels for a new song, that's a license to print money. That's how you get to number one. That could work. And I'm basing that just off potential alone. The talent between all men in the respective acts and the fact that they already worked together in the past. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So, that'd be nice. I'd be down for that. Moving on. I want to read off the Billboard Mainstream Top 3 because we did have some changes. For Billboard's mainstream rock charts, the top 10, there was a lot of changes, actually. We go through the top three. Coming in at number three, The Ending by Papa Roach. Not a song I would have expected as a single from Papa Roach, and not a song or single from Papa Roach I would expect to chart this high. Proof that Papa Roach can do no wrong in the eyes of FM radio. They will always keep playing them. Sirius XM's been playing them a lot, too. Not just FM. Love them some Papa Roach. So the ending is at number three. Coming at number two, knocked down from the number one spot, is Trouble's Coming by Royal Blood. Their new album coming out not too much longer. It'll be coming out this spring. It's a bit of a little bit of a shift in sound for them, which I really appreciate. So Royal Blood at number two. And number one on Billboard's mainstream rock chart, his first number one ever. Mammoth, Wolfgang Van Halen with Distance. The song with the music video dedicated to his dad, Eddie. Number one. I think that's pretty cool. Will the new song get to number one? I don't know. I'd be willing to bet it'll get top ten. That's an easy bet. I'm not a betting man. I would bet on that. That new album, I'm very interested to hear. 
the self-title debut. I want to hear what else he has up his sleeve because we know he can play. So I see congrats to Wolf in some of the chats and things like that. I think, you know what? I'm very happy with this. Song solid. It's someone fresh, you know? Again, he has big shoes to fill, but so far he's, he's proving he's willing to try to fill them. He's proving that he's willing to step in and see what he can do. So I am fine with that. It's good that we can actually see some names in there. And there's more fluctuating up and down right now. For those of you wondering what's coming out this week, I will have an album review on Architect's new album for those that wish to exist. I already started writing the album review. I've had the album for just over 24 hours. I've listened to it a few times already. going to listen to it a little bit more before I post, like finish writing and edit everything. Hoping to have it Thursday or Friday, the album review up. As always, I always give a little bit of a spoiler for what my thoughts are before I post it live for all of you listening to the podcast. It's good. I don't know what else you expected me to say. It's good, guys. I mean, there is music on there that I really feel they try to create an atmosphere with. And this is an album with a theme, a narrative about how we are destroying our world from global warming and pollution all the way to societal things like war. And right now, we are the ones destroying our world and we have to figure out a way to save it. That's the whole theme of this album. And it's not so much uh, a message of hope and trying to get together. It's a message of warning and impending doom. And it's actually pretty impressive that way. 15 tracks, almost an hour of music. There is some surprise, I guess, appearances. They have Winston from Parkway Drive making an appearance on the album as well. That was a nice little treat. You'll get to hear more about that, what my final score is. I'm still kind of fluctuating for the Architect score for what I'm going to give it. But yeah, it's good. Pretty good. And I think a lot of people expected that too. Percussion's always on point with Architects. Someone's uh, trying to warn me about nuking any video about, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah, I know how to deal with that. Someone said they pre-ordered the vinyl on it the other day. You're excited? Yeah, I think you'll be happy. I wondered how it sounds on vinyl. That'd probably be pretty good for architects too. If you get a free minute today, tomorrow, whatever that might be, if you have an iTunes and Apple account, if you li ever listen to podcasts on there, consider going on there, finding the podcast that rocked and giving a review. That would be super helpful because that proves to Apple to showcase mine more for people looking for, if you like this, then you'll like that, that type of thing. So hopefully you guys can do that if you find time. Also, the new video is up right now. It just came out a few hours ago on the main channel for One Hit Wonders. I already got more requests for more One Hit Wonders. I'm probably going to take quite a bit of a break from that because I have a big list of other um, videos to make for longer videos. And I really feel that I have some good stuff. It's just my YouTube channel is in dire straits right now. I talked about this with Gretchen. Back in August, September, my channel's doing the best it had ever done. Now, in February of 2021, barely six months later, it's doing the worst it's done in five years. That's how low my views and sub growth have gotten. YouTube's just not pushing my stuff. So, for any of you one listening, if you haven't watched any of my new videos on the main channel, please consider doing so. Giving a like, a comment. Best thing you can do is just share a video out on your own socials. Trying to get other people to watch. That does help more than you've realized. Because YouTube right now for me is floundering pretty bad. Hopefully it gets better.
Thank you guys again for your suggestions on a lot of this stuff too. Someone just mentioned TikTok. I have a TikTok handle, but I don't have anything out there yet. So it's not even worth really talking about. When Gretchen comes over the next time, we might film some stuff for my first TikTok videos. We have ideas. Other than that, as I start to wind things down, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you next week. We will have new music on Sunday as well here on Twitch. Thank you guys very much when everything's going bad. You guys are still here, which is great. And when things are going great, I know you guys are still really helping. So, hopefully you guys will be here next week. Hope you guys will all be here on Sunday nights. Trying to get more numbers for that as well. New Music Sundays are a lot of fun. A lot of good communication. We vote on every song. I get that time zones are different for everyone because we have so many people listening from different areas. But we have to do it one time. And we I asked everyone on straw polls, YouTube, Twitter, Patreon. Everyone's saying leave it at the same time. So 7 p.m. Eastern on Sundays is what we're going to be doing from now on, running two hours. Thank you guys again. I'll see you on Sunday. New video coming on Thursday or Friday for that Architects album review. And then we'll have more with that next week too. So see you on Sunday night. Then see you again next week for the podcast. Thank you guys very much. And I have some editing to do to take care of all that editing out of the YouTube and internet connections. Have a great night. And if you're on Twitch, I'll send a raid. Thanks, everybody.